Good evening everybody, or good morning if you're in Israel. It's late at night as I'm recording this. We are going to do now chapters 38 and 39 of Yeshayahu. These chapters continue where the previous chapter, 37, left off. We are in a narrative section. The story is of King Chizkiyahu. A story which was told to us almost verbatim in the second book of Kings, Malachim, chapters 18 to 20. We learned, Kalev taught us beautifully, how the Assyrian armies outside of Jerusalem were turned back, the plague that hit them, and Jerusalem was saved. 38 and 39 conclude the story of Chizkiyahu. They tell how he became extremely ill, how his life seemed to be at its end. And Chizkiyahu weeps and he prays. And that God then tells Yeshayahu, the prophet, to go to Chizkiyahu and say, I've heard your prayer, I've seen your tears, and I'm going to add another 15 years to your life. And the chapter then concludes with Chizkiyahu's beautiful prayer and tefillah, thanking God, having him granted, having granted him an extra lease of life, what it feels like to be at the bottom, to then have another opportunity. Perak Lamatet, chapter 39, tells of Chizkiyahu's friendship, an early alliance with the rising power of Babel, Babylon, and of the invitation that Chizkiyahu extends to Babylonian visitors, showing him, showing them all the good that he has in Yerushalayim and in the temple. And of Yeshayahu then saying to Chizkiyahu, be careful who you make friends with, be careful who you associate with. A time will come when everything that is in your house and that your fathers have built will be taken away to Babel and nothing will remain. Chizkiyahu says the word of Hashem is good. There will be peace and trust in my days. A strange response, slightly callous, seeming to say Everything will be all right in my generation. Whatever happens afterwards is of no concern to myself. Leaves us on a bit of a strange note. Now, all of this is very interesting and very important. But it is given hugely greater significance if we are to understand, as we will discuss at great length another time, that this is actually the end of Yeshayahu. What do I mean by that, that this is the end of Yeshayahu? Surely we have at least another 25 chapters to go. We will be learning Yeshayahu until the end of January. Well, since at least the time of the Ibn Ezra, and certainly in more recent generations, the idea has been advanced by many people that what we call the book of Yeshayahu, 
is actually made up of not one, but two or possibly even three different Nevi'im. Now, the reasons for saying this are many, and we will come to these over time, and indeed, this suggestion certainly also elicited criticism from within the religious world. But let's take it for granted for the moment that chapter 40 is going to begin a brand new book, one which is separated from the first Yeshayahu by hundreds of years. It is not in the generations and the century prior to the destruction of the temple. It actually speaks after the destruction of the temple and speaks to a population in Babel, in exile, in Babylon. It doesn't give them rebuke, as the first 40 chapters have primarily done, but rather gives them nechama, gives them comfort. In which case, our chapters, which we are studying today, the story of Chizkiyahu, of his illness, of his prayer, of his invitation to the Babylonians, is in, are in fact not just interesting chapters in and of themselves, but they are chosen to be the final chapters of Yeshayahu. If we wanted a little proof for this, there is something very similar which happens in Yirmiyahu. Yirmiyahu, as a whole, is 52 chapters long. But the actual prophecy ends in chapter 51, whereas chapter 52 is a repetition of a different chapter in the second book of Malachim, Kings, chapter 25. In other words, we seem to have a parallel phenomenon where we have prophecies by two great prophets, Yeshayahu and Yirmiyahu, which are then concluded by a return to a narrative story of the time in which they lived in the book of Malachim. So what then are we to take from the placing of our chapters at the end of Yeshayahu? I'll suggest a couple of things. Firstly, that even internal to these chapters, there is a suggestion made by Rashi, made by the Midrash, I believe, I'm told also made by Rafeni Lau, that these chapters are out of order, that Chizkiyahu's illness actually predates the Assyrian assault on Jerusalem. In which case, perhaps in a similar way to the end of Shmuel Bet, which you might remember, where we have the sort of four chapters telling certain stories of David, we have a, an, a chrono, an a chronological pastiche of different aspects of a king and a prophet's relationship. The king may turn to the prophet in a time of national peril, as he does when the Assyrians are outside, and Yeshayahu provides his advice. He may turn to the prophet in prayer for his own personal needs, as is chapter 38 in Chizkiyahu's illness. And he may be subject to critique by the prophet, as he is in chapter 39. These three different modes of interaction of the king with the prophet, the national, the personal, the support, the critique, are what finish 
this first book of Yeshayahu. A second suggestion, and I picked this up in the commentary of Robert Alta, is that there is supposed to be a something of a bridge between the last verses of chapter 39 and the beginning of chapter 40. The last verses of chapter 39 tell of Yeshayahu's prophecy to Hizkiyahu that one day the Babylonians, who are coming now in friendship, will carry away everything from the temple and lead the people into exile. The next chapter is hundreds of years later, after that prophecy has come true. In fact, it is addressed to the exiled masses who have suffered at the hands of the Babylonians. And the response by this new prophet, Yeshayahu chapter 40, is Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami, take comfort, take comfort, my people, says God. The prophecy has come true, but the Navi is still there providing the necessary message.